Welcome to Amazon Legends, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became power sellers, also providers specializing in helping sellers, aggregators that acquire sellers, and former Amazonians will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here is your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. My next guest today is a former military. She spent 18 years in the Air Force and quit her job and started consulting sellers, Amazon sellers, due to popular demand. So she did not want to charge. She did not, she did not want money for it. And she was just doing it. And people said, no, no, you must do this. You must do this. So that's how. She got started, and today she's a seven-figure seller. And uh, she's been on Amazon for 16 years now and uh, and also does consulting. And uh, when she's not working, she's an avid reader and a CrossFit fanatic. So with that, everybody, meet my guest, Amy Weiss. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi, Nick. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm great. Well, uh, for starters, I, I have to say thank you for your service. Uh, I always appreciate military people on the show because they make the sharpest guests. You guys know exactly how to get things done without wasting so much time. So let's jump right into it. Tell me something you're doing cool in today's environment. Well, Recently, I started utilizing, I've always been an inventor and invented products and done lots of product development. But recently, I've started using AI to develop products. Oh, my God. AI in product development. So everybody wants to listen to this. So let's jump right into it. So uh, walk us through how you are using AI in product development. Well, there is a bunch of really cool AI tools right now, but the hottest one on the scene is ChatGPT. And what's cool about ChatGPT is it's a natural language processing AI, which means it can understand uh, lots of different ideas. It's read the internet up to September 2021, um, and it can summarize and understand and make recommendations based on that information. So what I've been doing is um, when I don't have ideas, when I'm not sure how to bring an idea forward, I simply have a conversation with my friend ChatGPT and ChatGPT helps me to ideate on different product ideas and even down to the components, um, how it would work, uh, what the target audience would be, logos, website mockups, Everything you can imagine, you can actually start an entire brand from scratch utilizing this technology. But what's so cool about it, even better than just having a conversation with ChatGPT, Nick, is that I've also been utilizing another tool called MidJourney. MidJourney creates images based on the text that you feed it, the prompts that you feed it. So what I've been doing is coming up with these ideas utilizing ChatGPT, and then I feed those ideas into MidJourney, and I get a visual representation of whatever product that I'm doing. So I can give you some cool examples of some products that I've developed, and some are about to hit the market. Oh, my God. Hold on. You just now got me completely going in my mind. I have a thousand thoughts. So 
you you are sitting down in front of chat gpt and then you're having a conversation and then you take those ideas just to get some pictures because mid journey uh, everybody knows chat gpt but for those who don't know mid journey mid journey is an equivalent of chat gpt except that instead of returning a response in text it returns the picture so you ask mid journey uh, give me a picture that has this that the other and then bang mid journey will give you a picture so um now hold on before the ideas i like to dissect things so i'm an engineer by training so i like to analyze and that's that put things into small pieces share with us some of the prompts that you use on chat gpt to get product ideas yeah so um <laughs> I'll give an example of of these prompts are actually quite long, so it would be hard to do that, but I can give an example which will help you guys kind of develop your own prompts, which will be good. Um, so how I actually got inspired to do this is I saw this blog post. I'm in this Facebook group called Chat GPT Experts, and I was seeing what some of these other people were doing, and you know, it really just kind of sparked my imagination. And somebody posted, this guy, Viral Spinyu, he posted a blog about how he used ChatGPT and MidJourney to develop a modern dairy brand. <laughs> and literally what he was doing was just talking to ChatGPT and then literally copying and pasting ChatGPT's descriptions into MidJourney. And he was doing this to create website mockups, logos, um storefronts uh storefront ideas um everything you can imagine flyers uh for the business uh, out of the box website ideas he was pushing um pushing chat gpt to you know the next level so first it would give him something like you know a basic like imagine a logo for me and then he would go back and say okay but what if you added some azure to the logo and then he would copy and paste the description of the logo, literally just copy and paste it into MidJourney. And the results were mind-blowing. It was just so cool to see what MidJourney could do because most of us think MidJourney is just generating an image of a person or something, but MidJourney can actually generate logos, website mockups, flyers, storefront, retail displays, you name it, it can do it. So I was like, wow, I have been working on, you know, uh, me, I invented this product for, for cats and I'm holding it up right now for those of you who are listening, but um, I invented this product for cats that basically it, uh, it, you dump the litter box into it and it cleans the litter box, right? And then I always wanted to solve the problem of dog poop <laughs> because, you know, I solved the problem of cat poop. And we have been bending over, cleaning up our dog poop, and it's just not that much fun. And it's a major pain point. And I thought, wow, I could get some of the dog market too if I could solve this problem. So Nick, I know that I'm getting long-winded here, but I had been working on, for a couple of years, I've been working on this solution for cleaning up dog poop in a more automated, uh, new type of way. And the only thing I could think of was, uh, you know, those toilets that you push the button and it basically like incinerates the poop, you know, 
<laughs> this yeah. is so funny. You're going to have to change the title of this to, to poop and AI. <laughs> but, you know, I had this idea, well, maybe I could make a miniature version of that incinerator. And what people would do is, you know, the pooper scoopers, you take on a walk with you, right? Instead of the pooper scooper, you could just take a little can with you that maybe would have like a telescoping pole on it. And you would then scoop up the poop. And when you get home, you put your little canister into your incinerator and you push it and now poop be gone. Right. <laughs> but I worked on this for years and it just didn't work. You know, as an inventor, you really want to be able to come up with a prototype that makes sense. And I couldn't figure out like, would people, what would this canister look like? And would people really want to use this? And how would it even work? And so when ChatGPT came out and I saw this article by Viral and he was doing all these things, just having a normal conversation, I thought, aha, <laughs> why don't I just ask ChatGPT? So I said, ChatGPT, I am trying to start a business. We cater to dog owners. We're trying to solve the problem of cleaning up poop. And I just talked to ChatGPT like a normal person, right? I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to come up with an idea for how we can clean up, how people can clean up poop easier from their dogs, right? And I gave ChatGPT some of my ideas and I said, you know, help me come up with some other ideas, something new and innovative. And ChatGPT came up with some ideas. Now, the ideas it came up with, they weren't all that great. Like the first two ideas was biodegradable bags that already exists, right? And I think the second one was um, something to do with, uh, oh, I forgot what it was. It, it was something that already existed. But the third idea was a pet waste digester that you would put in public parks and basically what it would do is turn the poo into usable fertilizer. So I was like, now that's an interesting idea. But my next question was, okay, but how am I gonna get governments to buy this? That's what I asked ChatGPT. And ChatGPT came back with a full proposal about selling it to governments and how I could actually sell this to the government because it would save them money. They could actually sell the fertilizer and make money. Um, it would you know, help the environment. It was all these things. And having worked for the government for 18 years, I knew we had dealt with many government contracts. I knew that this proposal was spot on. So I was like, wow, this is interesting. Then I asked again, I was like, okay, but I don't wanna work with parks. Like I wanna help people in their homes. So how do we make a version of this good for people in their homes? And ChatGPT came back with, well, we could make a home version. We could make it a little bit smaller. You know, people could put it, you know, in their backyards, blah, blah, blah. And all along the way, Nick, I was copying and pasting these things into MidJourney and getting incredible mock-ups. I asked ChatGPT to come up with a logo for my company and a name for my company, it came up with the name Eco Poo, <laughs> which I thought was really cool. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it came to. But that wasn't even the last idea. But before I continue, I want to see if you have any questions thus far. 
Well, I mean, this, this is you really because people always say that you know you have to have a you have to know which prompt to use and then you kind of prep. So I had another guest uh, a few weeks ago who was also former military, a West Point graduate, um, and he shared with us some of the props and then how you set it up. But in your case, you're really having a conversation, right? It's a natural language processor. So it can understand you no matter what language you're speaking. So Marcel, one of the speakers at my AI summit that I'm hosting upcoming here, he speaks Romanian. And so his he speaks to ChatGPT in Romanian and ChatGPT answers in Romanian. And the other day I had one of my clients in Mexico, he sells in Amazon Mexico, and he wanted to bring his products to the US. And he already had a listing uh, in Mexico that was converting well. And so I said to ChatGPT, hey, I have this client. I'm trying to help him. He sells on Amazon Mexico. I'm trying to help him sell on Amazon US. Um, here's his listing in Spanish. Please translate it to English. Provide a title, five bullet points, and a description based on this listing. And rank me in the US market for the following keywords. ChatGPT spit out the listing in English. This would have taken me previously, prior to you know, my realization of working with this natural language processor, this process would have taken me quite some time. I would have had to first translate the listing, figure out the keyword research, do all the things, and then write it in English. But with ChatGPT, it did it for me in a matter of seconds. So we were able to put his listing right up on Amazon US during the coaching call and finish it up. I have another client that um, sells men's wallets, and that's a very competitive category. And we've been working together for a few years, growing his sales, growing his presence off of Amazon. And I like to work with my clients and utilize AI on my coaching calls. Um, and so we do all kinds of things. We create video scripts for different clients um, during the calls, like, hey, maybe they need a, an, ad, an ad for an Amazon video or um, a YouTube video that they want to rank for certain questions that people are asking on Google. I can do all of this with AI. So my back to my client with the wallets, we came up with, we looked at what's trending for men, professional men. What are they spending money on? What are they buying that they're willing to spend money on? And we saw that mid-century modern furniture in men's offices was not only very expensive, men were paying thousands of dollars for these chairs, but, um, but they, it was really, really attractive. A lot of it's leather, right? Just like a wallet. So I utilized ChatGPT and I just did this on my own, <laughs> not, not while I was on the call with the client. I did this on my own, just playing around. And um, I asked ChatGPT, I said, okay, I want to design a wallet that's based on this mid-century modern chair that, you know, kind of has this, these, this look and feel. I was like, imagine it for me. Describe it in great detail. That's the key. You have to tell ChatGPT, describe it in great detail. And it came up with this incredible idea of the leather with a wood trim. And I put that into Midjourney and Midjourney created the most incredible mock-ups of these wallets. 
And I sent that over to my client. So I said, hey, Isaac, I'm working on this. And I just, just played around with ChatGPT and MidJourney today. And look what it came up with. And this was something we had talked about on the call to do something really unique and different in wallets. Well, anyway, uh, this week he sent me the samples of the first wallets. So now we are doing, uh, they, they look incredible. Like they actually are wallets with a wood trim. I mean, they look the wood isn't real, right? It's printed on wood, but it looks like a mid-century modern office furniture. It's amazing. And the, his supplier did a great job of mocking these things up. So now we're doing pick food polls because we don't just want to use AI, right? AI is a tool, but we still have to validate with the audience and make sure. So now we've put, I've taken all those wallets and I've taken pictures of them and I've put them in pick food polls and product opinion polls and said, which one would you buy? I mock them up next to other current wallets and we know exactly which design is the winner. And those polls give, com people give comments of, wow, this is so out of the box. I would love to have this, you know? So we got really great feedback and we know exactly the design that we're going to launch. And we did it all with AI in a matter of minutes, instead of trying to come up with these designs and hiring a designer and doing all of this, and so this is what we're doing. And I'm using it in every facet, listings, video scripts. I even use AI to create videos from my blog posts. So, oh my God, I mean, how many jobs this is killing? <laughs> it's, it is incredible. You know, though, Nick, I want to talk about that. Can we talk about how many jobs? Because... I know a lot of people listening to this might be thinking that too, like, you know, maybe I don't want to mess with this because it's just, it's a lot. Can't we just stick with the old fashioned way? And I'd like to tell you that I run a marketing firm, right? In my marketing firm, I have copywriters. And let me tell you, my copywriting jobs, we've gotten like not many, like copywriting orders have gone way down in my business since AI. Um, we're doing some contract work still, you know, the creative stuff. We do some sales copy for different companies, but overall, just regular product listings, the orders have gone way down in my business. But, um, you know, we have other work to do, right? But when I think about my team, I have, you know, an incredible remote team. Most of them are Filipino. And, you know, they're the ones that make my business run and they're really incredible. They're really loyal. They're very talented. And you would think, you know, yes, I could replace all of them with AI, but someone still has to do the work, right? Someone still with copywriting. What I've done is I've trained my team to utilize these tools. I've trained my team to prompt. So now where that copywriter might have only gotten one thing done over eight hours, now she can get five, six things done over eight hours. We actually do AI demos during our uh, during our staff meetings. We, you know, that's how I'm building my landing pages now for trips. My whole AI summit that I uh, am hosting starting tomorrow was all designed in a matter of hours utilizing AI, the landing pages, the social media posts, um, the speaker agreements, um, everything, you name it, it was all done utilizing AI, having a conversation, even the reels, having a conversation with ChatGPT, even the reels for the promotions. We used a, a software called Pictory, where it takes um, a long 
video and it'll give you the text and you just delete the text of the part of the video that you don't want and it cuts it out. It's incredible. So I think you shouldn't think of AI as something that's going to take your job. I think you should think of AI as something that's going to make your job easier and help you become a master and make things even better, even more powerful. I'm still going to develop products. AI isn't going to do it for me, but it's going to help me and it's going to help me ideate a lot quicker. Yeah. No, listen, this is obviously the biggest discussion. In fact, now at very high levels in government, they are talking about stopping AI development and and I don't buy into it, uh, mainly because if you if you think about this whole tech evolution, what tech evolution, and I should say not just tech, but internet, the birth of internet and tech evolution together, it pretty much lifted all the borders and flattened the world where you could now outsource mm -hmm. jobs. And... And that was a big discussion. It's still a discussion today, but it kind of died down a little bit. And those days, I remember one of the, the top consulting companies did a study. And, and the study, the purpose of the study was to see how much is this outsourcing and offshoring costing the economy. Mm -hmm. You know what they found? Don't quote the exact numbers. Don't quote the exact ratios, but it's close enough. It's definitely in the same level. They found that for every dollar that goes out to offshoring and outsourcing, a dollar 37 cents comes back into the economy. Yeah. It allows so, more people to start businesses. It allows uh, more production to happen because now we're not reliant on paying. I'm not going to say paying too much. You know, you want to pay people a fair wage. But the bottom line is a lot of businesses get killed when they're only just beginning because they need to hire employees and they can't afford them. And so, you know, with the economy, uh, with it's basic economics, right? We're all competing. So we can't exactly. compete and make our product prices lower where customers expect them to be if we can't afford to hire employees to, you know, make that happen at a lower cost. And, you know, ultimately it's still that money is still coming back in, as you said, like it's still, it's still increasing the economy. Uh, but, you know, when you think about how far we've come, and when you think about AI, you know, there's a story about a, a Google engineer who quit um, because he said that this AI stuff is really scary and he wasn't wanting to be part of it. And the thing is, they said that we're 30 years ahead of where they thought we would be right now with AI. And that is very scary. From a, I'm a, I was in cybersecurity before I, um, you know, became a full-time e-commerce entrepreneur. Um, but from a cybersecurity standpoint, AI is very scary. And the reason is because right now, how do we catch our spammers? How do we catch that something's a scam? It's misspelled, right? 
something isn't right about it. It's, you know, it doesn't seem like to be the person talking our language. Now with AI, these scammers have access. They can make a, a letter that's perfect that sounds exactly like it's from your bank. The, and there won't be any misspellings, right? They can actually utilize AI to learn how to spoof links, how to crack passwords. So well, things- let's not let's not let's focus on Amazon. Yeah, it's but it's it's a very scary thing, but it's also empowering, right? Because the same people who defend the that cybersecurity, but you do have to it does have to do with Amazon if you think about it, because all of us are online business owners. And we all get these kind of fake emails from Amazon, you know, that were, are actually scams. So as business owners, we need to be aware that AI also, we're going to see an increase in these things. And we need to pay attention because you never know. There's even voice synthesizers now that can make your voice sound, uh, can make a copy of your voice so somebody can sound like you. And, you know, and imagine your employee, somebody spoofs your employee. Uh, this actually happened to one of my my team members from the Philippines. Someone um I found out her email and found out my email and wrote me as her and said that they needed to change their bank account for their payment, for their pay. And we reached out to her and was like, well, you changed the bank account. Like, that's your job, not mine, right? And she was like, I didn't send that email, but it sounded exactly like her. So these kinds of things are happening all the time now. So as online business owners, we need to not only utilize AI to help us, but also be more aware in our cybersecurity safety. Right. I mean, de- definitely. I have a quick word from our this week's sponsor. Channeled is a marketplace and e-commerce partner for growing D2C brands. Our senior team provides a more comprehensive approach to marketplace management, including channel PNL, proven strategies, and better execution. We use a data-driven approach for full funnel Amazon ads, including DSP. Get a free account audit and a $1,500 bill credit during your first three months if you partner with Channeled. Visit channeled.net slash argometrics to learn more. So uh, the other thing that I wanted to say is as far as evolution of technology and outsourcing, and by the way, also add automation to it, because automation is another thing that is replacing jobs. If you don't if you want to stick to doing the same thing over and over and and expect to stay that way it's not happening definitely that that job is going to get killed by either one of these things however if you embrace it you may have to say okay i'm not going to do this anymore because there's no demand it's disappearing there's definitely many cases like that uh, but if you evolve and embrace the technology, then you're going to be able to improve your life standard even further. And by the way, even if, and this is very new for everybody, even if there is no AI or there is no technology evolution or anything like that, it's happening. You know what has a way of shaking everything up? The nature. Imagine restaurants who did not embrace ordering online. And they said, no, we want people to come in. Imagine retailers who did not embrace selling online. 
I wonder what would have happened or what happened already happened to those with the pandemic, right? Yes, and we see it every single day, you know, if we're not embracing evolution. So not only do we need to embrace AI and pay attention to what it can do for us, right? It can make our processes a lot easier, but we also have to pay attention to what's happening with Amazon and what's happening with search. Recently, Google released, you'll, you'll notice when you go to your Google um, Chrome, you know, if you're, if you go to your Google browser, you'll notice a little, um, uh, what's it called? It's like a beaker, a little scientific uh, beaker on the, on the side next to where you sign in, right? Um, Google is evolving search. So they recently um, announced how search will evolve with AI. Of course, you know, we know that Microsoft already did this with Bard and um, they bought ChatGPT and, you know, I use, I utilize, or sorry, Google Bard, but um, Microsoft is, um, has, what is it? It's Bing's version of, um, of chat but it's very, very good. They're all very powerful. And you don't always have to have access to ChatGPT to utilize AI, but I've been using Google Bard as well. But anyway, moving forward, what Google is doing with search, and this is what Amazon sellers must pay attention to. And this is very important. If you get nothing else out of this talk, hear me now, okay? Google is changing their search to um, make to integrate AI. So when you search for something like, what should I wear to a summer, ideas for what to wear to a summer party, right? Um, it will actually show you not only pictures of ideas for what to wear, it'll show you, it'll explain, you know, what is in fashion and all of that, but then it will show you pictures and it will even integrate videos, live content videos in your search results. So search is coming alive. And then you can actually ask follow-up questions just like you do with ChatGPT. You can say, what about some shoes? And it'll show you a TikTok video of someone saying, hey, this is a live, a live stream from, or an Instagram live stream showing somebody selling a pair of shoes, right? And you know that shop is integrated into all these platforms like TikTok and Instagram, right? And we have to pay attention. I'm also an Amazon Live influencer. So I have my own Amazon Live channel. And um, and I, you know, talk about different products there. And I have my own shopping channel, right? And this is something that has been taking people by storm because Amazon is pushing their live video. If you go to amazon.com forward slash live, you'll see all the live shopping videos. And you'll notice on mobile and even now on desktop, if you scroll down to the bottom of your competitors' pages or even your pages, you'll see your competitors' videos on there because that live video is being pushed all across Amazon. So what's important to note is Amazon follows Google. When I first became a copywriter for Amazon, what I did is I used my cybersecurity background. Amazon did not publish anything about the A9 algorithm, right? It was very hard to tell like what's ranking, how do I rank? But I knew with my technology background that of course they're going to follow Google and Google has published everything about their algorithm. So what I did is I just studied everything about Google's algorithm. I picked it apart and then I started testing all of the key features in Amazon with listings I was writing. And I figured out what 
was ranking and what wasn't. I figured out how to get listings to page one organically. I figured out how to get Amazon's choice badges without even making any sales out the gates just by being the most relevant search result. So I figured that out. I know that Amazon follows Google. And what's going to happen is Amazon is going to follow Google with this evolved search. And it's not going to be far behind. So the bottom line is, if your brand has no video content, you're going to be falling behind. You've got to have some video content because that's going to be pushed in these searches. And not only that, think about your competitors. You can utilize things like MidJourney to create really beautiful backgrounds for your A-plus content. You can create, you know, just incredible images. Imagine, you know, you want a picture of a kid crying, you know, whatever. You can generate that now. And if you're paying attention to Amazon, they're utilizing AI imagery all the time. Already in their ads, I have Amazon Live TVs on, or sorry, Amazon TVs on all of my TVs in my house. Um, and they, uh, all their ads across the TV are AI generated images. So what's going to happen is your competition is going to start utilizing AI to create incredible images. And if you're still stuck, it's going to look very DIY. Your stuff is going to look very yuck in comparison to your competitors. And then if you don't have any content, video content, you will get lost in search. You will not evolve. So the, it's the equivalent of a retailer going to online shopping is e-commerce sellers not embracing this technology and watching what's happening with search. I have something important for all my listeners. Sellers lose money on lost or damaged inventory with Amazon, which can add up to a lot over a year. Did you know that there is a way to claim all your losses? Getida is the global leader in Amazon FBA auditing and reimbursements for Amazon FBA sellers worldwide. They deliver results with no upfront costs. They get paid only when you get paid. Visit www.getida.com forward slash legends to learn more and sign up. And thanks to our friends at Getida, your first $400 in reimbursements will be free. It's www.getida.com forward slash legends. And that's www.getida.com forward slash legends. So the video for your product listings, are you talking about the videos that get published on the product detail page or are you talking about a different set of videos? I'm talking about all of the content videos and posts. So you'll see not the video that's a part of your product page, the videos, if you scroll down by the reviews, you'll see all these posts and videos, and they're not from your products. They're from competitors' products that live creators have created shoppable videos on. So as an Amazon live creator and any Amazon seller can make live videos, you just download the Amazon live creator app and you log in with your seller central password and username, right? And now you can create live videos for your brand. You don't get paid for those videos like an influencer does, but who cares? You're creating content that's not only going to show up on your pages, but your competitors' pages and pages throughout Amazon. 
So if you start paying attention, scroll down and look in that listing and look at the bottom there, you're going to see, especially on mobile, you're going to see videos. You're going to see competitor videos showing up on your pages. It's already happening because all of these live creators, they can create shoppable videos. So that's what you can do as well. You can create these shoppable videos, but when Amazon doesn't have the content, if Amazon doesn't have your content, your live videos, not the videos that go in your listing, but your live videos and your live posts from your brand, they fill it up with similar products from your competitors. All right. So for the listener's benefit, tell us what is a shoppable video and how do you go about getting it? So a shoppable video is a video that shows up on Amazon. It's like Amazon's own shopping channel, right? Um, and it shows up on different pages. And what happens is the products show up, you tag them. So when I create a video um, on Amazon as an influencer, I have to tag the product. So I have to add the products to the list before I go live. And then as I'm talking about that product, I tag the video. And what happens, what what the user sees, and if you guys want to check out one of these videos, you just go to amazon.com forward slash live, and you can click on any creator's video, and you'll see, as you're watching the video, you'll see the actual product highlighted below it. And then those videos get cut up into little shorts, and the creators can upload them in their creator studio thing, you know, the creator app, and they can upload them, that those little shorts that feature just that product as a shoppable video. And those shoppable videos, you I said, you know, the live ones show up at amazon.com forward slash live, right? Um, but the shoppable videos are the ones, those short ones, and sometimes even the full length one with many different products, they show up on that product's pages, whatever product was tagged, and products like it. Because Amazon likes to provide suggestions of other products. So if you're a new seller or you're a, an old seller that doesn't have any content created or about your brand, what's going to happen on your listing pages is that when users scroll down and see the reviews, right, which a lot of people go straight to the reviews first, right, after they kind of look through your photos and they go right to the reviews, they're going to see all of these competitor, not just posts anymore, but videos of competitor products. And posts that show up down there, the static posts, those take them directly to that brand storefront. So you gotta pay attention to content and what's gonna happen with Amazon search, if we're looking at what Google is doing with their search and making it much more in interactive, in the future on Amazon search, this is my prediction, um, on the future with Amazon search, what's gonna happen is instead of just pulling up a pages of, you know, ads and then organic listings, you're going to actually see live content getting pushed where that product was being mentioned or products like it because it's much more interactive. And if you think that Google or sorry, that Amazon's not going to try to keep up with Google search, you got another thing coming, right? Amazon's going to want their search experience to be like Google's. And that is what Google is doing. Because the the search ultimately is the way to find things and Google is setting trends for how to, for doing search and they're not going to want to reinvent the wheel. So they're going to follow suit. Uh, so, yeah. And 60% of Amazon's external traffic comes from Google. 
So only 50% of shoppers who come on amazon.com go direct to Amazon to shop. Everybody else comes from off of Amazon from different places. And if you study the traffic of the people who are coming off of Amazon, the 50% of people who are coming from off of Amazon, 60% of those come from search. And who owns most of search? Google. Of course. Yeah. So one question, the shoppable video that you discussed. So if you go to Amazon Live, so that means you need to have an Amazon Live event in order to create those shoppable videos. Is that right? You could have one or you can hire a creator to do it for you. Okay. Sometimes so, a creator, like there are some creators that are just getting started on Amazon Live and they will just go buy products or they'll use products that they already have in their house because one of the rules of creating a live shoppable video or a live video to tag the product is that you actually have to have the product in your hands. So when creators first get started on Amazon Live, and this is a new trend, like gurus are starting to sell courses on how to become a live, an Amazon Live creator because Amazon's pushing it hard and creators are making more money than ever now. And it's passive income. Because I creator, I creator you're talking about the influencers. Any, anybody who signs up for an Amazon Live um, creator account and is approved not sell. So as a seller, you can autom you're automatically approved, but you don't get paid for that content, right? You're automatically approved. You can create live videos for your pages, stuff like that. But creators, they can go and become an Amazon live creator. And like I said, gurus are selling courses on this now because Amazon's paying, right? So when you tag a product and if you're a creator, so I'm signed up as a seller and as an influencer. And in order to become an Amazon live influencer, I had to apply on their page and I had to submit my social media accounts. And those social media accounts had to have a certain number of followers to be able to get approved. So I was approved. And then you go through the tiers when you start creating videos. But the thing is, if your videos, when someone buys a product that is in your video, you get paid for that. And Amazon starts showing those videos throughout their pages. Not, and remember I said they, they show up on, the, on, the, on your competitors' pages, on your pages, depending on what products are tagged um, and how much content there is there. Um, so that's the thing. I would encourage sellers to go to their product listing pages and scroll down and look at the bottom and see what competitors' videos are being shown there and start studying those videos and go, oh, where did this come from, right? So that you kind of get the idea. But any creator can create a video for any product, but they earn passive income. Amazon pays them. When someone buys that product from that link where that product is tagged, Amazon pays them. So for that shoppable video, you could get paid again and again and again. And even new creators are starting to earn like, a few hundred dollars a day. So they're very motivated to get products in their hands. So before, you know, where it would be really hard to find an influencer, especially an influencer who would create your a product, a video about your product for free, you know, hey, I'll send you my product, create a video, right? That used to be really hard. Now it's a lot easier because there's so many people trying to make a living as Amazon creators, just like all these people that first got onto TikTok and suddenly became TikTok famous. And they were like, I don't even know, just my video went viral. And it, you know, now they're discovering this with Amazon because Amazon's pushing these videos. So yes, I mean, I feel like it all ties into AI. We're having this AI conversation today. I feel like it all ties in because this is what is happening. The evolution of our, of the internet, the evolution of search 
and ultimately the evolution of Amazon and how we will sell things in e-commerce going forward is really going to be heavily AI integrated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's like the internet without the internet. I mean, you remember the old days where everybody had, when you started a business, you would have a phone number and a fax number. Uh, and then way back when they added telex, telex was even for bigger companies and uh, now no more. And then internet started and you have a website now, you can't have a business without a website. Well, AI is going to be just like that. You need to be using AI, you, just like using an email, you need to be using AI in some shape or form. So that way you can increase your productivity at the end of the day. That's what it's about. It's productivity, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but what I heard from you that's very interesting is two, two things, Amy. Is first, you are actually having a conversation. That's all it is. So this is not like a pre-scripted prompts that you're using. You're having a conversation. You are, in fact, having a brainstorming conversation. And then you're feeding the brainstorming conversation results into mid-journey yes. to get the pictures of the products that, that you want to build. In yeah. essence, that's, that's what you are doing. It's that easy. And people overthink it and go, well, what prompt do I need? And how do I... You don't need a prompt. You just need to remember that this technology is very powerful and you can ask it to act as anything. So when I got to the point of, wow, you know, this product is pretty cool, but I don't know how it works. How would it work? I asked, I said, how would it work? Act as a product developer and tell me how it would work in great detail so that I could give your output to a product designer and they could create that in 3D CAD for me. I'm telling it, do what I need you to do. Right. And one of our one of our speakers, uh, the CTO of Carbon Six, uh, Brett McLaughlin, you know, I was doing his promo video for his his speaking spot at my AI summit. And he's talking at the AI summit about how to not treat your AI like a baby. Right now, a lot of people are treating Chat GPT like a baby. It's like, oh, walk to me. OK, good job. And he's like, no, you need that that um, AI to take on its its own persona, its own responsibilities. You should be treating it like an employee with a job description. And you should be saying, this is in that conversation, right? This, you are my marketing director. Here's your job description. Here's what you need to do. Go generate it and come back to me for feedback. That's what you should be doing. You should be treating it like your teenager. No, get yourself up in the morning, eat your breakfast, go to school, go to your classes, come home, help out with dinner, unload the dishwasher, go to bed on time and do it over again tomorrow. That's how you should be treating ChatGPT, not walk to me, baby, right? It's very powerful. And if you just have an adult conversation with it and realize its power and realize that it can understand you and process what you're saying and make recommendations and take feedback it's going to be very powerful for you. Yeah. Well, it's incredible stuff. Uh, it's uh, I, I have so many thoughts going through my mind how you can use this. 
but uh, the also combining it with mid journey is, is so powerful. This is uh, this is incredible stuff. So Amy, uh, there is so much. I mean, you and I can go on forever about you know how, how about this, how about that. But I'm not even going to get into it because it's uh, there's it's, it's never ending, and uh, we've got things to do. So uh, I want to get to know you a little bit. So tell us. Take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up? Let's start there. I grew up in Wisconsin. Cheese country. I'm sorry? Cheese country, yeah? <laughs> cheese country, yes. <laughs> yes, I was a cheese head growing up. Um, I grew up in the Fox Cities of Wisconsin. I was born in Green Bay. And, and when did you realize that you were this idea person that kept coming up with ideas and building, creating? Well, forget about business. I'm interested in the early experience as, as a child. When was that? You know, I have always been that way. I've always been a sponge for knowledge. I was very, um, I grew up very poor. I was raised by a single mom and we didn't have a lot of money. And I saw how much my mom really struggled. Like she, you know, she was always trying to find a job, always trying to make more money so she could help us. And she just was always working. And for me, I equated knowledge as my way out, as a way to not have to live like the hard life that my mom had to live to take care of us. And um, so I always tried to do very well in school. Um, I tried to learn everything I could learn because I saw the knowledge as power. And um, and yeah, so I've always been a sponge. I've always been curious I've always wanted to figure things out because I saw that figuring things out could make a way for me. And I moved away from Wisconsin at 17 years of age, uh, moved to California. And, um, you know, I, I worked at, at Target. I worked in retail. Uh, I took whatever job I could. I tried to pay for college myself. Um, and I, that's why I ultimately ended up joining the military is because college was expensive and it was hard to work full time. Um, but I got always promoted very quickly at all of my jobs because I had such a thirst for knowledge. I was like, oh, can I learn how to do that? Oh, can I do that? Oh, can I stock? You know, today I did the cashier thing, but tomorrow can I go stock the shelves? Oh, did you think about this? Let me take care of this. I was always like that. In school, I was always the best student. In college, I was always the best student, right? I, you know, cum laude, everything, you know. Uh, in military, I always got all of the academic awards in all of my military schools. Um, it, it just was me thriving on knowledge. And I've always been a sponge. So while I was in the military, I always carried around a notebook of things. Like I would always think of new ideas and different things. And I always had little side hustles. That's why I started selling on Amazon in 2007 to sell my college textbooks, right? But so it's always kind of been ingrained in me. I just never really acted on uh, one of my product ideas until 2017 when I invented the litter box cleaner. So what one thing that I, I'm curious about is growing up without you know, money, how did you translate that into needing knowledge? Because I mean, most people... Don't think that way, right? So especially kids, you, you, you don't know yet. So how, how did that knowledge, you know, thirst for knowledge come about? 
I think it was because I started working at a very young age. So even when um, I was very young, like six years old, I was um, seven years old, that time frame, we would I help my brother with his paper route. We, we needed money. So I had to help, you know, my family. And so I would collect cans from like aluminum cans and take them to the recycle center and get money for them, coins for them. Um, it was a survival thing. It wasn't, you know, I didn't have a normal childhood. Like I, I had to take care of myself at a very young age. I started working as a childcare provider when I was only nine years old. I had a full-time job taking care of a little baby in my neighborhood. Um, and you know, I just got paid cash for that, but I needed money because we didn't have the money and we didn't know all the time if we could pay our bills. And so for me, um, it was a necessity. It was survival. It wasn't, you know, yeah, mom's going to earn the money and everything's going to be okay. No, like all of us had to figure it out. We had to figure out how to survive. And for me, I saw people struggling and I went, okay, well, who's not struggling or who's seemingly not struggling? Who's seemingly not struggling are the doctors, the lawyers, the people with big jobs, the business owners. And I was like, I got to figure that out. I got to figure out how do I make this money? How do I make my life easier? So for me, that's that was it. That was my ticket out. I knew that if I could learn whatever, if I could figure things out, that I could get out of the situation that I was in. And it wasn't like my family lacked love, but we we struggled hard and you know, we didn't we did not we did not always know if we would have a home or if we could pay our rent you know that that next month and even as a 5 year old walking to kindergarten by myself <laughs> um even as a 5 year old i understood that i understood that you know this is not easy and that we we all need to take responsibility and so yeah that's that's where it came from and i don't regret any of it i'm it made me a little bit of a workaholic and an overachiever um i don't always know how to let that go uh that's probably why i own three companies and <laughs> and I, I work long hours and i love every minute of it but um but yeah i, I just um it's just who i am so you know this is this is really interesting for a small kid to actually think about the cause of something because usually at the beginning we are in a, a reactionary mode right as as kids growing up you don't really you're not you don't have education yet you don't have you know you are being taken care of and you just react to things so in your case the way you reacted to not having enough money was thinking about why you don't have it and then why others have it and then think about it. it's uh, it's amazing as a as a kid to to be able to do those things it's uh it's a, it's an extremely uh, valuable thing to have so um talk about being a workaholic so now how do you how do you deal with that uh, what, what is that like now that having this hunger for knowledge because that's always there right and especially with ai now you now you have a friend who is always ready to teach you more. <laughs> You're so right. It's awful. It's I really, you know, when I first started having conversations with ChatGPT, I 
I had to just lock myself in a room for like a month and just like build all the things, you know, because I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I could build any website. I could learn the coding for anything, any app I wanted to build. Like you can do anything with AI. So I was like, whoa, look who I can become now. You know, it was just, it was really hard for me to stop. Um, but luckily, AI and ChatGPT did not become popular until um, I had grown a lot as a person and a business owner, you know, because in the beginning, when we're wearing all the hats, you know, we're the marketer, we're the, you know, we're everything, you know, I can imagine I would get very flustered if, if ChatGPT had been introduced at that time, because I'd be like, okay, now I can do five more marketing things and 10 more copywriting things. And, you know, but <laughs> but I am a business owner now and I do have a great team. And so uh, how I manage to not be such a workaholic and have more of a work-life balance is um, really planning and scheduling. So before cybersecurity in the military, I was a war planner. And so my job was to plan. And, um, and whenever my team would get flustered, I would always stop everything and go, okay, guys, we're stopping work and we're going to plan. And I still do the same things with my businesses, with my clients. We take the time, we set our goals, we focus on the outcome that we want and not the to-do list. Because when you get, you could stay in your to-do list, you could do it all day long and you'd never be done. You would never be done and you'll be miserable, right? Because you'll feel overwhelmed and like you're never going to get there. But if you focus on what outcome you want, you go, okay, wait, what do I really want out of this? Why am I doing this? What am I doing? What do I want? If you focus on that, and then you look at your to-do list again, suddenly 80% of it falls away because it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't contribute to your outcome. So for me, I keep a very strong schedule. I try to work only eight to four every day and not after hours. And then I try to be off every weekend. Every other Friday, I have a fun day where I schedule in my fun. So I make sure that I take the time to have fun. I want to travel. So I worked. I you know, made sure that Amazing at Home is more of a lifestyle business. So I get to travel the world. In fact, I'm headed to Turkey, Jordan, Israel, and Fiji this summer. And then India after that. And then Australia and China. So, you know, before December, I'll have so much travel under my belt and just have a great time. But I couldn't travel if I was wearing every hat, if I didn't empower my team to do those things with me. So that's how I manage it. I focus on the outcome. I goal. I set goals. I plan. Um, and when I start to get overwhelmed, I just pull it back and go, OK, wait, what's the outcome here? What matters? Yeah, great tip. Thank you, Amy. This was uh, uh, an eye-opening conversation, I'm sure, for many, and gave many ideas, inspired many people with your, not only your knowledge, but also with your life story. So thank you again. And so tell us, how can people reach you? Give us your contact information. Yeah, so you guys can always visit me at amazingathome.com. If you ever want me to look at your listing, uh, if you have an Amazon listing and it's not converting, or maybe it is converting and you're wondering if you can do something better, maybe your PPC is not working, I do have a free offer. So you guys can always go to amazingathome.com and under the services menu, you'll see free listing review. And you just click there and you fill out the little form and I'll actually send you a video of me sharing my screen going through your listing and telling you exactly what I think 
about it and how you can improve. And there's no strings attached. I'm not trying to sell you something. It's like, here, how can I help you? Because I'm a nerd and I like to go through listings. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you guys can always follow me on LinkedIn and on all the social media channels. You can check out all my TikToks about different AIs. I did one on that Google video the other day. So Amazing at Home is my alias on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook. We have a Facebook group for sellers. Amazing at Home is the name of it. So anyway, that's how you guys can find me. And I'd love to hear from you. Great. Thank you, Amy. This was a great episode. And uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for having me, Nick. Before we wrap up, don't forget to visit www.getida.com forward slash legends to learn more and sign up to claim money for your lost or damaged inventory with Amazon. Your first $400 in reimbursements will be free. www.getida.com forward slash legends and that's www.getida.com forward slash legends. Also, don't forget to visit www.channeled.net forward slash argometrics to get a free account audit and a $1,500 bill credit. You will join the hundreds of DTC brands. They have helped reach their goals. The address is www.channeled.net forward slash argometrics. That's C-H-A-N-N-E-L-E-D dot net forward slash argometrics. Thank you. And uh, this brings us to the end of another episode. And I'll see you on the next If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the episode and share it with someone you think would benefit from it too.